0: The Real Estate Unsuccess Stories podcast features people from the real estate community sharing real stories about their struggles, pains, and even losses during their own real estate journey. We share these real experiences so you can learn from them and build a successful journey of your own. Now, here's your host, Cody Lewis, one of the managing partners at Vindu Capital, located in Charleston, South Carolina. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the show. I am so excited to have you all back with us. But let me tell you, I'm even more excited for our guest today. This may be the longest title introduction I have, but he is an author, CEO, investor, motivator, mentor, and a passive investor expert, Mr. Vinny smile Chopra. Vinny, how are you, sir?
1: I'm doing great. Thank you, Cody. Good to be with you. And hopefully I can bring some value to your audience.
0: Well, listen, I know you can. (laughs) Good. Because I've been doing a lot of research on you. I've listened to a lot of your stuff already. So I know you'll be able to, and I'm looking forward to it. And I know our audience is well. Just in case, I don't imagine there are many, but just in case there are some listening that are hearing your name and voice for the first time, give us your origin story, where you're from, how you got into real estate, and where you find yourself in real estate these days.
1: Sure, Cody. I'm from India originally. I grew up there. I'm a mechanical engineer. I came to this country with $7, some of you right now, and to George Washington University your way in Washington, D.C., and actually, I sold books, encyclopedias and Bible books door-to-door in your, close to you, actually, in Aiken, South Carolina, Augusta, Georgia, all that area there, and also Pulaski, Virginia, and Atlanta, actually, three summers I sold. That kind of converted me from an engineer to a salesperson, sales consultant, promotional consultant. We started investing in real estate, single-family homes, about 40 years back, let's say, give or take, long time. But about 16, 17 years back, I caught the bug of multifamily. So it's been a while. And then I got trained by David Lindahl, who is another great operator. Back then, he was you know, teaching and coaching and all and really good friend. So that's where I cut my teeth. And we started buying duplex. That's how I started. And then 14 units for 180,000, then 56 units, 64, 72 units, then 300 units now, you know, worth almost 35, 35, 52 million, things like that. So it's progression.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. That sounds like an exponential progression though. <laughs> I, I love it. Going from selling door to door, which probably is one of the toughest jobs in America, I would imagine having to go door to door and do that, that if you're going to cut your teeth in sales and really figure out what's going to work and how to position things, that's how you do it.
1: Do they, the? I mean, you know, college students excited this, that in short in the summer months only, and we were working 80 hours a week. What? Not 40, but 80 hours, six days a week. And seventh day we drive to go to a sales meeting all through the summer. So it's a, it just fun. It's a lot of hard work, but a lot of rejection and a lot of attitude control, positivity, you know, and you got to motivate yourself, all those things. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, listen, absolutely. I, I cut my teeth in sales and B2B and B2C sales. So I know, I mean dealing with rejection is the name of the game because you're going to have way more rejections than you will, you know, wins. I think that carries over really well into real estate because oftentimes you're going to miss on a lot of opportunities that before you actually win some. So I love that. Vinny, I know we could we could talk a lot about your success. I would love to, but we came and brought you on to do a little bit something different for our audience and talk about maybe a pain or struggle that you've had in your career so we can educate our audience on maybe how to avoid that, or if they're in that similar situation, get out of it.
1: Totally, totally, Cody. I mean, in the last 14, 15 years, I've had lots of ups and downs like any entrepreneur, you know, with my different, different companies and departments and uh, dealing with investors or dealing with employees, you know, team members and uh, dealing with residents, all that. But we talk about one closer to you in Atlanta, Georgia, Actually, I bought a 267 units property during the due diligence of that property south of Atlanta. The broker said, Vinny, I am waiting to show you this another one. I said, wow. You know, he wanted to make sure I buy one first, right? So during due diligence, he takes me to this one, 191 units. And I loved the property. Oh my gosh, all brick homes, townhouses, nobody lives upstairs and 26 acres of land, I think, a brand new elementary school, all that, all that. I paid 12 million 100 for it, and now after that, we managed ourselves. You know, we were vertically integrated company. We are kind okay. of downsizing now in our management side. At the peak, we had 135 full time people. Here's somebody who just started with 14 units. We just kept on buying up to 4,700 units, I guess, and then vertically managing. But in this deal, what happened was we were managing ourselves, but then my first property of 200-some units needed more help. So I changed the management from this one property, the one I bought second one, to that one. Then I was having trouble keeping up with the good quality people In this second property, 190 units or so. So it kept on going. And then, you know, COVID hit. Oh, my gosh. I mean, everybody knows, right, (laughs) what happened there. And then we found out that, lo and behold, our office was not even open. I mean, these, our, you know, manager, leasing manager and all that, they were inside and locked inside and put posters outside, you know, due to COVID. You know, you got to just call and not reply and all that stuff. So a lot of challenges, by the way. Sure, yeah. Lots of challenges. Then it just so happened, one of the contractor I sent there, he sent me the picture of the door. He says, "Vinnie, do you know that there are a lot of posters outside the door? See, we're in California, right? Near San Francisco. During COVID, I couldn't travel. I couldn't see the property. You know, millions of dollars of asset going downhill. You know, they were giving us lies and this. Our own employees were giving us lies. And then outside it said, for cable, call this number. So they were selling, the leasing agent was selling cable service. What? To the residents. You know, we never say tenants. We always say residents and pocketing the money. And then we find out when we hired a management company, we said, oh my gosh, Our own employees are ripping us off, so why not we get to a different company, you know, third party there, and I got some referrals and all that, so we got them in, right? They were amazing in the starting, let me say that. But then that also fell apart. (laughs) So challenge after challenge after challenge, but then, you know, we found out the leasing agent was living in the apartment and just saying it's vacant. (laughs) <laughs> so, a lot of, I'm sure, audience can relate to that. You know, these kind of challenges are very, very prominent in, you know, managing these kind of issues. So, anyway, now, even the whole hardship chain we talk about, then we are really preparing to sell. It's been like three years or so. Usually, we keep it for five. But we said, you know, we sold the first one, by the way, also made good money. Bought for ten million, sold for fifteen point four million, made some money for the investors and us and all. Then this one also. At the end, I'll tell you what I sold it for. But the thing is, it just had lots of reoccurring, you know, challenges and problems and leaks. And good property, nineteen eighty four built or something or eighty seven built, but just the things were not well taken care of. Right. So now I get into a contract to sell. <laughs> now, the buyer is giving me trouble. <laughs> so, so this whole thing started with trouble, like for about a year during COVID, and then it went on dragging along through for about almost 13 months, to be truthful. And this buyer was just a pain in the, you know what? <laughs> he wanted adjustments, he wanted repair credit. I mean, I've never had a buyer. So, I don't want to say their name, but who were that nasty, 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 nasty. Anyway, but the long story short, to make it all happen, you know, I bought for 12.1, sold for 18.5 million or so. <laughs>
0: Well, that's a happy ending, right? Of all the it troubles is, you went is, through, that's always, a happy ending.
1: Is, I don't really take it too personally. I mean, that's how it, you get to used to that because there are ups and downs in life, right? There are lawsuits, there are this, there are things, but you got to take it on the chin and you can say, you know what? The worst thing can happen, but insure yourself very, very, very strongly. As a matter of fact, the first property I bought, I had a challenge too. We had a fire. In one of the buildings, three months after I bought it, three months after, you know, somebody kept that uh, barbecue thing. It tipped over and went to work or something that nobody died, fortunately. But my insurance company was so strong. They built the whole building. It took us two years. Holy cow. But the key thing was we had the best insurance, you know. So it's really, really good to mitigate risk always but always face the challenge head-on head-on that's the only way to live literally in life because if you just try to put it under the rug or things like that so that's why we say in our teams like I said we had very big organization that cut the poison out right away you know when you find out somebody's mistreating you residents or they are lying to you or they are what's the word skimming you money, like that, right? You know,
0: yeah, yeah, you got to get that, you got to get that problem out of the way. You got to meet it head on, like you said, yeah, but you have to deal with it right away. Otherwise, it will only compound and get worse, I would imagine. And I'm sure you've probably seen others in the organization, have those types of challenges.
1: Totally, totally. And I've come across, you know, my other friends who are business people, they're in real estate, you know, a lot of people down in our whole circle, (laughs) like peer group, right? You know, we talk about, so lots of challenges are there, but the biggest thing is, you know, you've got to just make sure you're mitigating the risk. Make sure the insurance, director's insurance and all. What's the other one? Umbrella insurance, $10 million. I always kept on all our 37 acquisitions, 35 acquisitions. We have done close to $600 now. And now I'm into senior assisted living, by the way. You know, I don't know if you knew that, but that's where we are building them up. But we are dealing with operations side too. So we want to have the whole thing because we are working with the retired, you know, community of residents. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, and I love the idea of mitigating risk when you're talking about that. You have to set those things up. And I know hopefully nobody in our audience does this, but I, I have heard in the community that some people, you know, they don't mitigate those risks. They don't get the right insurance coverage. They don't do the right due diligence. And when doing so, it ends up costing them more money than they would have saved or paid up front for those types of things. That if it goes awry, which in most cases things happen, like you said, you're not prepared for
1: that. So, very true. You know, and also I've come to know in the last 14 years as a CEO of several operations and all that it's good to negotiate, be a great negotiator. It's amazing how many millions of dollars I've saved by just saying the wording, it's not in the budget or it's above the budget, you know, talking to the contractors. Hey, you know, I want to do the parking lot, but you know, it's not in the budget. What's the best you could do? When they give you the very best, of course, they will accept the contract if they're making profit. Let's call spade is spade. You know, sometimes their profit is 40%, sometimes 50%. Sometimes 30%, sometimes 15%. If there are employees waiting and, you know, they don't have work and you don't have a pressing demand, they could do that. So like $470 in Texas now, you know, this particular parking lot, two-inch thick, asphalt, striping, everything, 192 units there too. That big one, I got it done for $123,000. I know. You would say, Vinny, wow. what the heck? What the heck? And he did a fabulous job in three days. And I wired the money, one third, one third, one third. He bought the materials, he got the labor, and he finished it. And by Monday, it was done. Mm-hmm. 41, 41, 41000 I still remember. <laughs> I would
0: imagine. My, listen, my, my business partner has a construction background. One of the things he's always taught me is, especially in that realm, when you're dealing with contractors, one of the most important things is to pay them on time. And if you're good about paying your bills, not just contractors, but other places as well, but specifically contractors, that if you pay them on time and you do what you say you're going to do from a payment standpoint... They will work as hard or harder for you than any of their other clients, because from what I've come to find out, they oftentimes don't get paid properly or even paid at all in these situations.
1: Surely. No, I'm totally with you, totally with you. And I tell, because we have our own accounting department, because we were managing millions of dollars. So we had five full-time team members just in accounting alone at that time so you're right it's so important that we pay the vendors the half payment make sure the proposals specifies that and wire the money or overnight the checks and things like that
0: yeah yeah perfect vinny i think that's as good a spot as ever to wrap up that what you've told us today is incredibly valuable hopefully everyone listening home if you need to back this one up lots of good stuff You have to make sure you're mitigating risk, that you're keeping a positive mindset. Things will go wrong, but if you meet those challenges head on and deal with them right away, it's a lot better than letting them sweep under the rug and and compound over time. So, Benny, thank you so much. I appreciate it. For those that are listening that want to work with you, learn from you, invest with you, what's the best way for them to reach you?
1: Sure, Cody, you know, I'm on the social media quite a bit, as you can tell, you know, my YouTube channel, Instagram, Twitter, I don't do too much, but Facebook groups and Facebook and my website is vinichopra.com, V as in Victor, I, and then EY, chopra.com. I have two top sellers on Amazon also, Apartment Syndication, Made Easy, Positivity Brings Profitability. My third book is coming out which is senior living investing made easy with the silver tsunami going through USA for the next 30 years. I mean, you know, it's very appropriate. And that's what I've gone into side business with buying into and building assisted senior livings from ground up and managing them. Yeah.
0: Very interesting. Listen, we love it. I'm sure they'll be just as good, if not better than the first two books. So we look forward to that. Vinny, again, thank you so much for joining us today. I know I speak for our audience in saying thank you so much.
1: Thank you, Cody. Thank you. Have a great day, buddy. Thank you. Absolutely.
0: You as well. And for all y'all listening at home, y'all have a good one as well. And we'll see you next time. You've been listening to the Real Estate Unsuccess Stories podcast with Cody Lewis. Be sure to subscribe today on your favorite podcasting platform so you can catch every episode of the Real Estate Unsuccess Stories podcast.